Welcome back, Soul Family. I'm your host, Sean Zimmer, and I'm here to help you wake up, to help you heal and stop your self-sabotaging behaviors so you can live a life of freedom to your full potential as you were designed to. And I'm pretty excited about this podcast here I have today. Not only with that new intro, that song, Climbing Mountains, you might have heard my daughter singing in the background as we were having a little bit of fun in the podcast studio here. So I'm pretty excited as a dad, proud dad to have that there. I'm also very excited to have my man, Jake Woodward here, a polarity coach, a man who is changing the world one message at a time, one person at a time, and in massive groups now that I see him stepping up into his role. It's been a beautiful thing. I know a lot of my followers and listeners out there know exactly who this man is. I'm very excited to have him here today. He's got a lot of stuff on the go, a lot to help you do exactly what we're here to do, to help you heal, to release that pain, to understand yourself, to wake up, wake up to so much that you're probably not awake to yet. And we're here to help you do that. So my man, Jake, welcome, brother. Welcome. I'm happy to have you here, my man. I appreciate it, man. This is such an honor and so exciting to be stepping into this space with you and really going deep with you in this episode. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I gotta, I gotta remind the audience too. This is sponsored by the Phenom Foundation. A beautiful man that came along, heard my message, just as I've heard Jake's here, and wants to sponsor what I do, what we do here. And that's it. Not selling nothing, just getting the word out. So if you find value in what you hear between these two men today, as we share our voices, I ask that you share it. Tag us on Instagram. Sean J. Zimmer and Jake Woodward. I'd love to hear from you and get the message out. If you don't find value, no worry, but I am pretty confident you will today in what we have to share. So Jake, you've been healing. You've been healing not only yourself, but the world, man, and picking up on it quick. Pick it up on it quick. Give us, uh, in a nutshell, you know, what is it your biggest focus right now? If you were to say in 30 seconds, what is it you're here to do in this world right now? Ooh, that's a deep question right off the bat, huh? It is, it is. We're getting deep, brother. We're getting deep. <laughs> Not holding back. 30 seconds of what I'm here to do. Well, I find that through my own inner journey of healing and transformation and, and awakening, that it has allowed me to see myself more clearly as a man. And through this clarity and removing the fog, if you will, I've been able to come deeper into myself, into my own psyche, and explore the wounded parts of myself. And because of that, I have found this depth of wisdom that I choose to share with other people to help them live a more free and fulfilling life. And I really believe that so much of our pain that we experience in our life is actually brought into our experience for us to heal and further awaken, but then to share that with other people. So my message is simply to share that newfound strength and inner wisdom and 
consciousness, if you will, that I have discovered within myself to help other people to live a more free and fulfilling life. Oh, it's beautiful, brother. Beautiful and deep like this man is. And if I got to tell you guys right off the hop, uh, the Awake with Jake show, this man's podcast is deep and it has nothing but value there as I've been diving into it further and further, realizing just how much you and I have in common. Um, you started out as a health coach originally with fitness, is that correct? Correct, yes. And what, what brought you from that transition? Because I know I've heard, you know, and I want to I share with the listeners because it, it resonates so deeply with what happened with me. You know, originally I was, I was helping people just get in better shape and really had this desire I could feel growing and growing to help it felt I was really falling short on, on that, fulfilling that desire within me. And I as well noticed, you know, a lot of people didn't matter how great of a tailored plan I gave them. They, they wouldn't stick to it. They would fall off. They would, you know, self-sabotage themselves. Um, and I look at that because of not only what society is conditioning us to do to self-sabotage, but as well, the, the pain we have, um, all that that's happened, uh, in, in the early years of our life typically, and then everything else as we've grown into ourselves right now. So is that pretty well, you know, let's, let's hear from you, brother, on, on how you made that transition. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was very similar to what I experienced. So when I was a little kid, I grew up in a household that was a broken environment and I experienced a lot of abuse and trauma from my father and my sister had a heroin addiction and she has since passed as a result then. But I grew up in an environment that wasn't supportive of showing emotions or feeling your feelings and all this stuff. So I started to develop like this inner frustration and I turned to food as a result to this. And when I was a little kid, I would literally eat jars and jars of like frosting and I'd eat boxes of fruit roll-ups and all this like poisonous food. And I gained a lot of weight when I was a little kid. And I was bullied and picked on for this. And that really bothered me on top of everything else I was going through at my house with my sister's drug addiction, and drug dealers showing up at the house in the middle of the night and my father being extremely violent and angry which I have now since healed that relationship with my father and been able to actually rebuild a very strong bond with him. But there was a lot of turmoil that I went through as, as a young boy, and I was never really initiated into manhood, if you will. And when I started to awaken around the early age of 22, 23 years old, I was going out to the bar room, getting blackout drunk, getting in fights. I was womanizing, getting dragged out of bar rooms for all kinds of crazy shit. I started to realize that a lot of the, 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 the physical weight I was carrying was actually a shield to my emotional pain. I didn't realize it at the time, but I started to heal myself physically. I started to eat better foods. I started to exercise. I started to really begin to develop a different mindset of discipline, right? And then when I discovered this, I'm the type of person that I'm like, shit, I want to share this with other people. So I started sharing that journey with other people of my physical fitness and nutrition and really doing all these different things with people. But I kept noticing this pattern where people weren't really healing at a deep level. And just like what you were saying, that they would get results, they would lose some weight, but then they would go kind of back to their old habitual patterns. Like they couldn't really break through. So as I kept going deeper into this, I'm like, wow, I really want to help people at a deep level. And I started getting into the energetic work, the emotional healing, the somatic healing. And I started to explore those regions first within myself 
and really going deep into the inner child pain, the mother-father wounds, all these different things that most people look at and they're like, whoa, that's some scary shit. To look into my childhood, the fear of abandonment, the abuse that you've experienced, the shame that you've experienced, and really begin to explore that. Because that's where so much of our pain comes from, right? Is when we're, when we're just in the womb and we begin developing as this little poppy seed, if you will, and we grow into a small baby and then we become a child and up to about six years old, we are literally like this little sponge that absorbs everything, right? Most of our programming and patterning develops in those stages where we are pretty much defenseless. So I started to learn all these things. And so my evolution of coaching grew as I started to grow. As I healed myself physically, I could help other people. But then once I healed myself emotionally, I'm like, holy shit, there's something deeper than this. And then I discovered polarity between the masculine and feminine energies within my current relationship with my wife, Melissa. And that has probably been the most profound thing that I've ever experienced. And a lot of people are like, oh, how did you learn that? And honestly, it was, it was so much practice and failures in previous relationships and, and failures even in this relationship that I've been able to really discover how to create harmony and polarity within a relationship, but also overall health as well. I love that, brother. Deep, deep, my man. You're a poet with your words, and it really resonates. Um, for me, you know, I've spoken publicly about my father wound. Um, I, I grew up in a in a household that wasn't, uh, you know, as as chaotic, if we want to use that, uh, as destructive, probably a better uh, term to use for as compared to, you know, as you described your upbringing. Um, but the, the home did fall apart. Uh, my dad took off and moved away to another province uh, across the country. And it gave me this massive fear of abandonment. I never, uh, I never knew that until I self-sabotaged the third relationship that I didn't want to sabotage. Um, and I started asking myself, why? Why am I doing this? What is going on? And anything, anything that got serious, that got close, I was scared. Um, I was very fearful of being abandoned. So I would just pull the pin off the grenade and toss it in and, and blow up everything that I, I truly wanted. And it was uh, very eye-opening when I discovered that. And I took probably 10 years to heal that. And a big reason for that is all the toxins and alcohol addictions that were, you know, scaring my view from that and clouding my brain and not really helping me integrate what I learned in the healing process. And just a year ago, um, and I know you, you spoke on this as well, uh, the, the mother wound. I just, I just came to an understanding of this a year ago um, when I had a ceremony with a shaman. And I w had the download of all my mother's pain that I was holding as she was out of, her, out of her feminine role and doing her best to take care of three children, buying out the house after my, my dad left and working around the clock, dealing with her addictions and not able to live the life she wanted as I truly believe the society is designed to pull the family apart and take the woman out of the household and you know put the kids in the system and have them conditioned to be obedient individuals who listen to authority and can keep the machine going, so to say. And it just dawned upon me shortly after that shamanic experience coming into your work almost a year ago, how much that reflected me on how I wasn't emotionally available and how I emulated my mother, um, even though she was an amazing mom and, you know, really got down with us, but didn't have any time to do that. Didn't have it, 
and nearly to what us as, as you know, children growing up and developing, especially those first seven years, uh, I know you touch base to where we're, you know, developing all our programs on how the world works, watching what's around us and emulating that. It, uh, it, it gave me that of not being emotionally available. And that is something that I've seen emulate in my daughter. Um, even though I'm a very involved dad, you know, people watch me and come to me for my positive parenting influencing. And even as involved as I am, I'm still have been up until now. So emotionally unavailable and, and never at a deeper level. And it's funny that when my daughter was born, Jake, uh, the first thing I told her and, and continued said, you know, the only biggest thing I want is for you to feel comfortable sharing your emotions with me. Wow. Was that ever projection from inside of me? on what I wanted to just say directly to myself and what I needed to do. And uh, the integration on that has, has been some work and it's it's allowed me, you know, which we'll dive into, I wanna ask you a little bit about, it's allowed me to, to lean in and surrender to the universe, stop fighting resistance so much and trust and just open myself up and be here and come out of my, my core, which is love, um, right? I, I know you agree with me on that. When we get down, peel everything out, what's what's left, man? Tell, tell us that right there. What is left when we peel back the layers, brother? Mm. Well, to be honest, I feel like when we peel back the layers, <laughs> we get to this place of just absolute purity back to when we were that free child that was uncorrupted, that was playful and loving and sharing their authentic self with the world. And I think that what happens over time is we get layered and layered and layered of all this pain, this judgment, this criticism on top of us. And we become all of the projections that were thrown onto us as a little boy or little girl. So I think that to answer your question, or when we do strip back those layers, we get to this place of pure childlike innocence, which is really where our joy lies, which is what I have had to discover because you see, we as men, we often get, and women do this too, we get too caught up in the business of life, the seriousness of life, and we lose our sense of playfulness and joy. And it really strips us and robs us of that freedom because to me joy is freedom so like the masculine is always seeking ways to build new freedom in their life but what they seem to forget oftentimes is, is the things that bring them real true freedom is not necessarily found in making a bunch of money or banging a bunch of random chicks or you know doing all these different things that are very superficial in a lot of ways and I have found that once we get through all of that, we get back to our joyful masculine or joyful feminine state, we begin to open to this, this new paradigm of being, of living. And then joy is encompassed for a masculine person more by structure, right? Like joy has to still be structured in some level, right? Like because we as men, we don't want to become all emotions or all love because we become imbalanced, right? Like we don't want to lose our masculine center. And what I've seen with a lot of the men that I've worked with over the years is they lose their masculine center because they get into this healing work and they become so emotional that they lose their masculine frame is what I call it. And once you begin to slip away from that masculine frame, you become very uh, wavy, 
you become unstable in yourself. And if you're in a relationship with a woman, she's not going to fully open and surrender to that because it doesn't feel safe because it's not stable. Women seek stability within a masculine man to be grounded and connected, but also still loving. So to me, the ultimate masculine strength is gentle strength, right? Like a lot of men get caught in this paradigm of, I need to be strong. And they become so inundated with this way of building success, building their body, building their business, building whatever status, but they lose their connection to their true inner being and their true love and their true strength. And that's where I really had to learn to find balance with that. Mm, you nailed probably 20 items in that uh, two-minute talk on things that I fell under, um, addictions, you know, uh, to coming out of the beginning, marijuana, alcohol, working around the clock nonstop, just hiding from everything, cocaine, sex, porn, jerking off, food, social media, toxicity, toxic relationships, getting distracted. And I know you said specifically, a distracted man is a weak man. And it really, it really relates with something um, that I speak on. And, and, you know, I write down in my journal, um, every time I, I take the time to journal, what do you feel that the biggest distractions are for the man right now? And, and those listening, getting into this really deep talk to give a few bullet points on what men can do right now to help them fully step into that role that they have as men and not stuck on, well, being a weak man and as well not stuck on what society, uh, you know, the movies have, have convinced us a man should be, you know, that yeah. over masculine, what I would call true toxic masculinity to a degree if, if they're not emotionally available. And, you know, I'll let you take it from there. You know, what, what, what are the takeaways are men listening right now? Um, what should they be avoiding? What should they be doing? Mm, I love this question. And the first, the first thought that I feel right now is, is, <laughs> is being passive, like being like an adult man child and just constantly being lazy and making excuses for why you don't have what you have in your life and really just trying to always find comfort in everything that you do. Because to me, what I have learned is true masculine strength involves accountability. True masculine strength involves integrity. True masculine strength involves feeling. True masculine strength involves a sense of really beginning to find who you really are, right? So like if you're a man listening to this right now and you feel lost in life and you feel confused, I understand I have completely been there and I've, <laughs> I've been there a lot, probably more than I'd want to. The first question that you can ask yourself right now is what is your real meaning for being here? What is your real meaning for being here in this life? Like, why did you really come here? And it's probably not gonna align maybe with the job that you're in right now that you hate the shitty boss that you're working for, or it might not align with the relationship that you're in right now with the woman that doesn't really love you and believe in you. And this is where you get to take a really deep look at yourself and be accountable because to me, in order to really strengthen your masculinity, you have to start being accountable with your damn self. And so many men are so distracted in today's world with the social media, with the porn. You know, it, you don't even have to go out and get your food anymore. You can literally just click a button and have it delivered to your door. 
right? So all of the chemicals and, and the poisons that we're constantly con- consuming, the junk food, the synthetic fragrances, the xenoestrogens, all these different things are disrupting your masculinity as a man. So I believe that there's a psychological, hormonal, sexual, physical attack on the male to weaken the male, right? So all of these things are weakening the male and it all comes down to men just really not having any type of true masculine role models. So they numb themselves out. They smoke tons of weed. They take prescription drugs and they blow lines of coke and fucking bang random girls. And, you know, they do all these different things because they, they feel hollow inside. Right. So they're, they're hitting the vape pen constantly just to, to feel some sort of release and drinking shots after shots of alcohol. You see these habits that men play. They try to, to make their life like the video games that they're playing constantly or the obsession with the sports on television. You see all these different things and all of these things are designed to weaken the masculine man. So you have to realize that the things that in your life that, are, that you think are giving you pleasure are actually keeping you enslaved. Let me say that again. The things that in your life right now that you think are giving you pleasure are keeping you enslaved and they're keeping you weak. They're emasculating you. They're stripping away your masculine core. And that's probably causing a lot of things in your life that are like anxiousness, depression, you can't sleep at night, your physical body's in pain. All of these things are interconnected. So look at the nutrition that you're consuming. Look at how you're exercising. Look at how you're sleeping. Look at the relationships that you have. Look at your intimate life. There's a good one to look at. What is your intimate life like right now? Do you have a deep connection to a woman if you choose to be with a woman? Are you deeply connected with a woman? Are you deeply connected with yourself? Or are you just constantly making excuses of why you can't go deeper, right? Like a lot of men struggle with emotional numbness. And I have a lot of male friends that struggle with this that they get into a relationship with a woman that they really love, but they don't know how to relate to her at emotional level, which is really what a woman wants. She wants to feel emotionally connected to the man. And I believe so much of this comes from men becoming numb because from the time you're just a little boy, you are programmed and conditioned to not feel anything. Don't cry, you little bitch. Like, you know, you hear all these different things and it's just constantly reinforcing the masculine boy to not feel. So we have a bunch of men, quote unquote, in our world that are just wounded boys. And that's really the problem. And then these wounded boys get into these influential positions and they start spewing their bullshit on the internet, influencing the young men again. And the young men are confused because they have no role models, no leadership, because there's no initiation from a boy to a man. That shit gets broken. By In so many households, boys grow up without fathers. They grow up, in, in, even if your father's in the home, he's probably a workaholic. He's probably emotionally unavailable or he's passive as fuck and you see him be passive with your mother and get walked all over by her, right? So you, you, see, your, you see your father getting bossed around by your mom and now what do you do? You get into a relationship with a woman that bosses you around. You become that passive Pete, that tiptoe Timmy is what I like to call it, Right? And once you start becoming and embodying that weak energy, it is a slippery slope, brother. 
I have been there so many times and I've been on both sides of this, right? Like I call him passive, passive Pete or tiptoe Timmy, who's obviously self self describing. And then, but then we also got Ramrod Rick, who's this aggressive bulldozer that says, fuck your feminine flower. I'm going to plow through that shit. Right? So men have no balance because they're so full emotionally and chaotic that once they get into a relationship with a woman, they become distorted and they start becoming this angry man and they can't hold any of her emotions. And they also lack boundaries, which is another thing we can go into. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get into the boundaries, (laughs) 100%, 100%. I mean, I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but honestly... You know, let me recap what I was just saying there because I feel like I just threw a fucking shit ton at, at, at everybody right now. And I, and I think, too, we can speak to the women as well. And I think that the women and the listener are probably like, oh, my God, yes, this is this is what I've been thinking for so long. Women love when I get fired up about the men. 100% same. <laughs> but in, in, in all seriousness, because I knew what there were a lot at you, and I like to break things down to reinforce concepts. I think it's a, it's a really good way to teach. Um, something that works for me is because I, I like to hear things multiple times accountability with yourself. Okay. Accountability with who you are as a man, accountability with how you're showing up, accountability with the foods that you're eating and really just begin to take inventory of your life, right? Like looking at your life as not necessarily this forever ending project, but just really start to look at a few areas of your life where you're weak right now. Are you physically healthy? Are you financially healthy? Are you spiritually healthy? Are you intimately healthy? And which of those areas pings your nervous system? Are you emotionally healthy? Do you have a strong emotional connection to your heart as a man? Because you cannot truly be a healthy leader in this life if you don't have an integrated connection with your heart. And that's what so many men seem to miss because they get so caught up in building business, building success, building their physical body, but they neglect their heart. And that's why you see heart attacks so common within men and heart disease, all these heart issues, because the heart chakra, the heart center, the energy center is blocked. Think about that. Why do you see that so commonly within men having heart attacks and heart problems? And because emotionally, and this isn't medical advice what I'm giving you right now, but emotionally and energetically, that energy center is blocked and closed down. Because they've numbed themselves with drugs and alcohol and they've sedated themselves because of the trauma that has been locked inside their, their bodies. Mm, man, that was me not long ago. You can look even last year or the year before I was 20 pounds heavier, just absolutely jacked and still emotionally blocked off um, as I started mm. integrating this work, healing the feminine. And uh, that heart space wasn't open at all. I just cared about the physical, just cared about being a scary motherfucker to push people away because truthfully inside I was scared to trust men and I was scared to trust women and I was damaged and broken and I needed to heal and I needed to find that safety within myself and release that pain I was holding. Um, the ramrod Rick you mentioned, um, that resonated. So I did, as you know, you're healing the masculine course, uh, not long ago. And when you, when you, when you said that, I'm like, that was, that's me, that's me. That's where I was. That was everything. And I got to tell anybody listening, um, Jake's course and, and what he offers, um, definitely dive into it. Um, even as I felt, uh, I had really healed the masculine and I, I jumped on Jake's course to learn on how he coaches as this healing the masculine, healing the feminine is a big part of what I'm bringing in with my coaching. Um, 
lo and behold, I was there, not just, you know, analyzing how he was coaching and his methods, but I really took something out of it. And it, it was looking at the other masculine figures in my life, other than just my father, my brother, and a good friend of mine growing up who betrayed me, um, and brother always, uh, you know, verbally and physically abusing me, um, what that did. And, and I knew there was a missing link still in my interactions with men today, um, unless there's just that, that, you know, that energy connection that's really, really pure and good right off the hop, I, I still find myself drawn back and, and hesitant. Um, and, and it's, I'm conscious to that and thankfully, cause I'm not clouding my mind with alcohol and all the poisons and, and fragrances, as you said, which we should jump into on the fragrances. Cause I'm sure people <laughs> hear that. They're like, what do you mean fragrances? Um, and, and so I thank you for that, my man. Um, it opened my eyes to, you know, that masculine mood, not just coming from, you know, not even just in the household, um, those around you and especially growing up, but you know, throughout your whole life. Um, it's definitely, uh, been something that I've started integrating lately and it's helped me open up and, you know, I do a men's group now every Monday night with, uh, with some men, about 20 guys now have been coming together and we, we come and we share our emotions. We do a weekly check-in, we open up and learn how to become emotionally available. And I can tell you just that group specifically, I have noticed the increase in the wholeness and, and beautiful part uh, that all is of my relationship with my daughter as I've been more emotionally available through me doing that, taking the repetitive actions and expressing my emotions in that group. And now here I am with half the time I have my daughter, she's feeling that and we are more connected than ever. And it's beautiful. And you're one of the catalysts for that. So I appreciate you. I think you're doing that, a damn man. good job, brother. I appreciate that. Likewise, likewise. And, um, you know, for, well, let's touch base on the fragrances quickly, just as well. It's on my mind. Um, tell, talk about that, the fragrances and let's, let's dive in quickly on the, the I talk all about all this stuff all the time, the toxins, uh, what's clouding our, our minds, not just the men out there, but the women as well, specifically the women with the fragrances. Oh yeah, man. And it's, it's honestly, it's not just the colognes and the perfumes either. It's, it's your laundry detergent. It's the candles that you're burning. It's all these synthetic fragrances that are constantly in the air around us that are distorting our natural ability to connect and bond with other men and women, right? So we, I feel like, and this is, this is just what I really believe, when we're choosing a partner, we integrate with our scent as well. And it allows us to smell somebody and connect with them. This is a primal instinct. You use your scent as a primal almost like a, a detector in a lot of ways. Like I, I have a very strong scent, especially the more you purify your body, like the more you get the toxins out of your body, your scent and all your senses, really everything, your vision, your hearing, everything becomes increased. So when it comes to the fragrances, they, they block us and they disrupt our hormonal system. So it clouds our vision of being able to identify a healthy mate and a healthy partner. So men that are spraying on a bunch of clones because they want to smell good to attract a mate, that's a false scent that you're giving off. That's not your true, pure masculine scent. This is something that came in this shitty little bottle that's made up of all these chemicals that are giving off this false scent, which then is going to attract a false partner that is not really aligning with you hormonally, okay? So yes, we connect emotionally, we connect energetically, we connect hormonally with another person. So, And also there's birth control that's involved in this too, and women taking birth control also become very distorted because it's messing with their hormones. So hormonally, we as humans, this is how we really bond. And what I've learned is wearing all these toxic fragrances, they are toxic too. If I put on cologne, like especially like a toxic cologne, it like gives me a headache 
when I go to the barber, I ask them, I'm like, please don't use anything with, with scents or fragrances in it because it, it w- I will leave there with a headache. And that's not because I'm, I'm sensitive or anything that, like this. And yes, I actually, it feels like I am sensitive to that stuff. But the more you purify your, your body, the more alert you become to those types of things. You become more aware of these things. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And like when I smell somebody, like if I smell a woman wearing a bunch of perfume, I'm like, oh, I, I, I just, I fucking cringe. It doesn't turn me on because it's like, why is she covering her scent? I want to smell her feminine radiance. Just like she wants to smell my masculine radiance, right? Like my wife doesn't wear any perfumes and any of this stuff. And she does, it's like a natural essential oil or something like that. Same thing with myself. But like, if you've ever been with somebody you really love and like you put your like nose up to them, you put your lips close to them and you like smell them, you likely love their scent. Think about this. You likely love their scent because they like give off this, this pheromone that attracts you to them and that gets blocked and shielded by toxic fragrances. It is the pheromones. It is. Um, I'm seeing a woman right now and it's exactly that. Um, you know, we, we get in the gym and start sweating. That's a whole other story, you know. <laughs> it's, and, and, yeah. and you nailed that. I'm not saying not to clean yourself either because a lot of people get confused with this shit. They're like, oh, well, well, what? You're saying like a masculine scent, like a natural scent, like he shouldn't clean himself? Uh, no, I'm not saying bad hygiene. I'm saying to stop using toxic chemicals on your body. The, everything. Like all your products, go in your bathroom right now and you can probably throw out 99% of your products in your bathroom. The fluorides, all that shit. Ah, I'm, doing, uh, I'm doing the uh, Czech, Czech Academy right now, certifying on that. And I love how Paul Czech goes over saying, you know, if it's not safe to drink, it shouldn't be going on your skin. Um, exactly. it, it, giant pores that are soaking up everything, right? And there's that whole part to it, the neurotoxins, what that's doing, you know, deca- like just making you numb and disconnected. And then... There is actually dating I've heard of a blind dating where they actually take sweaty shirts in a bag and smell them. And Mm. then they go on a date based on the shirt that picks up the pheromones. And there's a huge success rate in that. Um, I'll have to pull up the, the study and share that actually. It was, it was pretty interesting to see. Um, and, and for me, I know that's huge. And I tell people that, you know, one, the toxins get, get away from those toxins, what it's doing to your body, you know, all the cancer causing agents and the neurotoxins that is, is dumbing you down. And then as well, the pheromones and be like, what, I shouldn't, shouldn't wear deodorant and smell. Well, yeah, take showers and clean yourself. But yeah, I suggest no deodorant, (laughs) take the deodorant off. And as you, as you express, the more you clean yourself in terms of cleaning what you're putting into your body, the purer your scent becomes. And the better it yes, becomes. Yes. And you nailed something that really resonated with me. Um, as you raise up your vibration, I like to say, your body starts rejecting more and more. That is that is dangled in front of us in this world. I remember just a year ago, all of a sudden, I couldn't eat red meat. I would get sick. Um, it would run right through me. I'd be in the washroom all day, and I was like, wow, well, steak's one of my favorite things, and I can't eat it now. And, and somebody came along, well, have you locally sourced your beef somewhere that is not injected with a bunch of hormones and antibiotics and that is grass fed and finished. No, I haven't. Well, let's go down to the farm, meet a farmer. I can eat red meat all day now. No problem. And same with so many other things that my body's rejecting as you raise up. So you'll notice that the more you do it. And actually I work with a a medicine man in uh, Ayurvedic healing and, you know, Chinese medicine. Um, Great guy, uh, Chad, a hollow reed, shout out to him. He, um, you know, expresses and and same, I'm, I'm doing a course on that right now where the more you you start becoming healthier and and removing these toxins, now your body actually has a chance to um, bring things up to the surface that were so buried beneath all the bullshit. So often you'll actually be in this beautifully healthy state as you're doing everything, and then all of a sudden something comes up. You're like, what the hell is going on? And it's something that was buried beneath that now you get a chance to deal with because all the other shit isn't just weighing it completely down. 
um, which has been a, a eye-opening experience for me. I'm sure I'm sure you can relate to. So, um, you know, you were talking about your story before. You know, with with alcohol addiction. Do you where are you at with that now? Um, do you drink at all? Um, do you enjoy it sometimes? Very very little. Very very little. <laughs> if I if I drink, man, it's it's like one drink. And honestly, I might have a drink like once every few months if I drink at all. You know, and like I just I don't feel the pull to it. Like you can be cool without alcohol. And I think people really don't realize that is like I used to get blackout drunk all the time. That's the only reason I drank. I would literally chug bottles of vodka and drink a 30 pack of beer on a on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, I drank a lot, right? So like this is coming from somebody that's not like this goody two shoe. Like I've been down this path of destruction, man. Like I've been arrested for fighting in bar rooms and getting blackout drunk, the womanizing, all this shit, like I was talking about earlier. So you know, I, I'm very selective with what I choose to put in my body. I'm selective with who I choose to go around. I'm selective with who I choose to even have podcast interviews with. I'm very selective with my energy, okay? I say no probably more than I say yes at this point in my life. And I also say no to toxic things, things that don't align with me, boundaries. And that's really what it comes down to is like, I'm very selective with what I put into my body. Because I don't want to wake up feeling like shit because that's a whole day or maybe two or three days. If you get hung over, it's going to last a few days where that that's stuff that I could have been building in my life and, and enjoying with my my family, my friends, my loved ones that I'm now going to waste because I'm I feel like shit and I'm not going to I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to do my things. And I have I have a, a routine set up in my life, and this routine is always kind of changing a little bit here and there. I, I'm not I try not to be too rigid in my life, which is something I had to learn as well as balance. So that's something else I really want to say here too. Until you get yourself pure, mostly pure, it's very difficult to enjoy things, right? Like it's like I could sit down and and have a glass of tequila, like Sean, if you chose to drink or don't drink, like I could sit there and have one glass of tequila and be totally fine. And that's all I would need. You know, I could sit there and sip on, or I could have a, uh, a cigar or something like that. Like I don't do these things very often, right? So every once in a while, I may do that. And I have total control over this, total control. I don't allow myself to become a disoriented idiot where I'm like babbling buffoon. I don't allow those things. Like I don't, I don't drink caffeine. I don't allow caffeine into my body anymore. And this was more of a recent choice. And you know, that was actually, I think you had posted this podcast, uh, that Jason, Jason Kristoff or whatever his name was. Yeah. I'm actually doing a course with him right now. Actually, I've removed caffeine as well. How many fucking courses are you doing over there? <laughs> I've talked openly about this. I'm on house arrest right now for, for things that I've done in making. So I got a lot of time got a lot of right time. now. So I'm just diving in right now just sharpening yeah. up my ox right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, like I think like um, what I have found is you have to find what works for you. Most people don't know what works for them. I have done a lot of trial and error in my life. I was the type of person where I cut out everything in my life for over a year. I didn't have a drop of alcohol. I didn't even have a television in my house for probably a few years. I didn't even have internet, right? I didn't have any of this stuff. I completely went into like isolated monk mode. And I was miserable because I literally, I cut off all my friendships. I stopped, you know, I became the lone wolf, which is really what it comes down to. I became on this isolated journey and I didn't have any strong men surrounding me and helping me and, and being my friend, being my brother. So I think that the key with all of this is not to become too neurotic because we could go through your house right now. We could find a million things that are wrong. And this is what I call the black pill, which a lot of people don't really even talk about. 
But the black pill basically is when you've taken too much of the red pill, right? Where you're like, you're red pilled to death at this point where everything is toxic. Everything is a poison. There's EMFs here. There's fucking chemtrails here. There's poison in this. There's poison in that. And the world sucks at that point because everything is a constant inner struggle of how do I just find joy and balance in this life? And that's really the real key is finding balance, right? So if you choose to live a better life, you really have to become accountable with what you're taking into your physical body as well. And I always strive for the 80% mark. If I can do good 80% of the time, if I can eat really clean 80% of the time, if I can have great conversations 80% of the time, if I can have great workouts 80% of the time, I feel like I'm doing pretty good because no one's going to ever hit that 100% mark. You are not perfect, okay? You are a flawed human being. You have flaws. We all have flaws, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's really important to remember is, is to find balance and you know what you're in balance with right now. You know that if you're smoking too much weed, you know if you're drinking too much alcohol, you know if you're spraying toxic shit on your body you shouldn't be spraying on there, you know it. You know if you're womanizing and having empty sex with women that don't give a shit about you, you know these things. You just have to hold yourself accountable, right? That's becoming a, a more integrated, better man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody listening does know that, that you, you, you know everything <laughs> inside and you know all the right ways, the right choices, the right answers to make that connection yeah. inside to the divine, your higher self, God, your sixth sense, intuition, gut feeling, whatever damn label you want to put on it. It knows what you need to do and where you need to direct yourself and what you need to focus on. And, you know, you, you spoke loudly to me is a lot of my messaging is on the toxins. And I have to remind myself to add that label that you just put on there in terms of finding that balance and, and not getting neurotic <laughs> with it and, and just, you know, overstressing yourself out and, and staying away from every single thing and destroying your life because of it. Um, often my messaging is lacking that and I'm pointing out the toxins here and there and everywhere around you. And, and, and a lot of people, well, I, I just can't get there. Right. And I've, I built up there. Um, the individuals will look at, you yeah. know, I, I often do these 40 days of devotion um, where I'm adding another thing on that. And I'm trying to habit stack everything I'm doing, which has been built the last 15 years of me doing this. And people see it, they think it's crazy. I'm like, well, you got to remember, I started with one and I add on to that. And then as well, though, when I'm doing this 40 days of devotion, I focus on one thing. If something goes off to the wayside, big deal, whatever. That 80 20 rule you, you, you put out, that's huge. 80% of the time I'm doing what I know I need to be doing, what's right, what's best for me. 20% of the time I'm indulging on some toxins. Well, that's the case, but I do suggest you call them toxins and not fucking treats because <laughs> we, can, we, can, we condition our kids to think they're treats and that's a big issue right now. Fuck yeah. That's a really good, that's a good way to say that, man. I think you should reiterate what you just said. I love the way you said that. We should call them toxins and not treats. We should. But we I agree, should. brother. 100%. 100%. Should call them toxins, not treats, but as well, you know, have grace with yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and you mentioned something, the lone wolf, uh, the lone wolf, you know, we're going to ladies listening, we're going to dive into some stuff for you right away. But I want to, I want to point out, you know, the lone wolf, you know, what, what's the lone wolf and how is it either serving us in society right now or not serving us? And was, if there isn't, was there a place for it? Man, the lone wolf, that's a, that's a dark place, brother. I've been, I've been there. Honestly, I felt like I was there most of my life and I, I never really had strong connection with men because I didn't have that strong connection with my father. And I feel like what happens a lot of times with boys, they don't get that strong connection with the masculine figure, their, their male father in their life. And I didn't have that. So I was very um, disassociated with men. 
And so because of that, I retracted and retreated from the world and I began to become very isolated and alone. And I thought that I had to do it all on my own. It was very hard for me to ask people for help. It was very hard for me to receive love in a relationship because I was so isolated in this lone wolf state. Now, I do think I try to look at everything optimistically sometimes, maybe a little too optimistic, but I do think that in my lone wolf state, I hit the rock bottom. There was a time in my life when I went through a really hard breakup. I was living in Texas at the time and I went through a really hard breakup and I drove 24 hours through the night into like the mountains of California and I was totally isolated all by myself. I moved into these mountains of California and I literally went into this lone wolf state as deep as you possibly can go. I spent 99.9% of my time alone and I didn't know anybody. I didn't really have social media at the time and I wasn't really on social media very much at the time. So I didn't have that to distract myself. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing really any of that. I was eating super clean, working out a lot. So I remember sitting in that little tiny apartment (laughs) that I was way overpaying for (laughs) in California. And I thought to myself, holy shit, I'm depressed. I am the loneliest I've ever been in my life. I have no love in my life. I have no purpose in my life. I have no meaning in my life. And I said to myself, I said, well, you can sit here and you can keep dwelling on these sorrows and that won't really get you very far and you can keep being a victim of all this shit. And I had been healing at this point. I had been spiritual at this point in my life, but I literally packed up a book bag with nothing but a jug of water And I went into these mountains and I started walking and walking and walking. And eventually I started to like talk out loud and I started to cry. And it was like this deep, sobering cry. And eventually this cry turned into like anger. And I was literally walking and screaming into these mountains because I was so fucking angry. And I did this for a period of about four months. Every single day I would go into these mountains, nothing but a book bag, nothing but a little bit of water. And it was a, it was a desert heat too. So it was like 95 degrees. It was super hot. And I would walk, talk, yell, scream, and cry. Just literally giving all my fucking energy into these mountains. Just really just trying to purge whatever was in my system. I didn't even know what it was, but I was so angry from all the shit that had happened in my childhood. I was angry at my mother. I was angry at my father. I was angry at my sister. I was angry at people that bullied me. I was really hurt inside. And I'll never forget the day, it was about four months into this journey, I dropped down on my knees and I literally just opened my arms like in the middle of the desert, like a come to Jesus moment. And I'm literally like, I fucking surrender. I I just, I give all this shit up. I give it all up. And I'll never forget the feeling of what I felt. It was like the most loving father and loving mother you could ever imagine holding me and just feeling like this divine masculine energy, the divine feminine energy, just, just sitting there and just holding me in that moment as I just kept crying and crying and crying. And it just felt so freeing to just be held and loved. It was like this pure unconditional love that I never really had felt ever in my life. And the next day when I went back out there, I was out in the Canyon again and I literally started laughing I started belly laughing and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You have fully lost your damn mind, boy. Right? (laughs) So I'm giggling and I'm like, holy shit, I think I might've lost it. 
And I remember hearing this voice and this voice said, your joy is now returning to you. Your joy is now returning to you. And it was such a, a humbling feeling to be able to reclaim that joy that I had once lost. And I think so many people lose that sense of joy because they're so caught up in all of this stress and panic and worry that they're constantly living in this survival mode. And if you keep living in the survival mode, it's just a matter of time before you crash. And if you're not already crashing, you're just running into the same wall every single day. That wall that you keep running into is not designed to break, right? This wall is not going to break, but you keep thinking that if I keep crashing into this wall, eventually I'm going to break through. But maybe it's time to stop crashing into the wall, to drive around the damn wall and take a new path in life. Brother, you know, as you're detailing that story, I don't know if any listeners out there experienced this, whether you were, you know, envisioning in your mind, Jake walking through the mountains. I had this vision vaguely of that. And then this powerful vision came inside my mind of, me sitting on my couch going through the exact experience you just labeled out, but I wasn't in the beautiful surroundings of the wilderness. I was sitting inside, spending most of my life as a lone wolf, not trusting the masculine, not feeling safe to share my emotions, not even understanding my emotions, and really thinking I just liked isolation. And I got to this point where I was screaming, yelling, in frustration, anger, and then crying and feeling fully alone, lonely, which just took me back so much because I thought I loved to be alone and I mastered it. And I asked the spirit for the same thing. Help me heal this feeling I have. What is going on? And then I was gifted the pandemic and not long after. I had a community home, <laughs> turned my space into a community space. And I was forced to learn how to integrate what I was working on in real life. Get out, put yourself out there, man. You know what you're feeling. It was all down deep. And shortly into that, I, I had an experience where I felt that unconditional love like I've never felt in my life. And that came from within. Um, it felt like it was from without, but within at the same time, it's hard to describe and it, it completely changed me. And, you know, anybody who knows me or you watch my messaging, um, you can see that transition, how I went from that ramrod Rick to what I, what I call, um, like to consider myself proudly actually say confidently, uh, a balanced man, um, balanced in my emotions and standing strong, in my masculine and understanding the true role in that and stepping into it. And I, I hope, you know, your message. I, I don't, I know your message is. I hope uh, this message together encourages men to do exactly that, to step into that role and do that healing work and, and learn how to come in to society in a, in a place that's balanced and for the betterment of everybody and connecting with the men around them and connecting with the women around them and to help leading um, as we should lead. Um, you know, for a leader, uh, a man wanting to step into a leadership role, what would you say the top points are that a man should be stepping up into to really be a good leader? 
learn how to lead your damn self. Mm. You can't lead others until you learn how to lead yourself. You can't lead others until you learn how to lead your damn self, man. Because if you're lacking discipline and you don't have consistency and you don't have follow through, do you think anybody in your life is going to respect you? Do you think anybody in your life is not going to give you pushback when you give them guidance or when you give them your leadership? I'm going to tell you right now, anybody that I feel doesn't embody what they say, I don't, I don't learn or lead from them or take advice from them. You know what I mean? Like I'm really selective with who I choose to take advice from because I don't just blindly follow impure leadership. I and mean, we see where that's gotten us in this world, right? <laughs> so hundred percent. I think that's one of the biggest issues with what we have, especially with social media, all the criticism that's coming out there that's not constructive from somebody who is leading themselves in where they're talking to and giving advice based on projections of pain inside of jealousy or the attention they crave that they never got and you know, projecting that on people, hating them and, and steering them the wrong way. And people are taking that for value inside and, and, and leading their life by that. I know I'm the same way. You know, you're talking to me on something. Okay, well, first let's feel your energy. Is it? And you can be bold. You can be blunt. That's all right. You can be abrasive on it. But is it coming from the right place? Do you have my best interest right, right. and everybody's best interest at heart? And then you you check marked on you passed on that. Okay, well, where are you speaking from? Have you succeeded in that area? How are you doing there? Right? We got a lot of people that spitting out a lot of bullshit. A lot of fucking bullshit. <laughs> I can tell I get a little raised up thinking about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, that's that's the inner Viking in you, man. <laughs> yeah, the inner Viking. Yeah, he is there 100%. You know, I was actually contemplating the other day. I'm like, I should change the name of this podcast, The Viking's Voice. I don't want to always come out so angry, but it's serving a purpose right now. Maybe someday down the road, we'll change it to something else. No, The Viking's Voice. I, I like The Viking's Voice. Uh, yeah, it's hey, I like it too. And it's, it's made some impact. And you want to know why? Because here's why I like The Viking's Voice. And I'll just give you my feedback on this. I feel like The Viking's Voice is something that's been repressed in, in all of us. You know what I mean? I think that we've become too passive as men and weak men that we need to feel our inner Viking or what I like to call our inner King, right? Where we feel that inner King and something I could talk briefly about right now in this moment is something I've been actually working on myself. Some people have a strong inner King, but only in certain areas of their life. Maybe they're really strong in their business area. So in the boardroom, they're like a badass. They're really speaking from their inner King. They really take ownership, accountability, and they're a powerful leader in their in their business, in the boardroom, especially like when they're leading other people in their company, if they're in that type of position or role. Or maybe they're in a group of small friends and they still embody that inner king, but maybe they get with an intimate lover, maybe a woman, and their inner king becomes very small. So you have to look at in your life, where is your inner king weak? Where is your inner king the weakest? Is it when you're with a woman one-on-one? Is it when you're with a man, a friend, a brother one-on-one and you begin to back down, you begin to retract because you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you're really sarcastic and you don't know how to open up and be honest and vulnerable with a man or just fucking raw, right? Or maybe it's with your mother. Maybe your inner king becomes very small when you're around mom because you're still subconsciously being coddled by mommy. Or maybe it's with your father. And even if maybe your father is not even here anymore, maybe you were left by your father at a very young age or your father passed. And you, when you think about your father, like that inner king is not there anymore. That inner king is very small, diminished. So 
one piece of advice that I'm really encouraging men, and honestly, too, you can apply that to women, too. I call that the inner queen for women, is what areas of your life is your inner king just a boy? What areas of your life is your inner queen just a wounded little girl who's afraid? Mm. I like that, brother. I like that. And it resonates. It resonates. Yeah, when I was thinking on the Vikings voice there, it, it, I know where it comes from and what it stands for. It stands for taking charge out front in the, in the lands of freedom, standing for sovereignty and speaking up for all those that aren't speaking up, hopefully encouraging them to do so and step into their roles and, and heal that pain. And that's why bringing guests like yourself on, it's, uh, you know, I know we could chat for hours and hours, my man. One thing too, I want to I wanna say this too about the Vikings voice before you, before you wrap this up. Something to think about within you and yourself and all your male listeners, the only problem that I see with the Viking, other than they were sometimes a little barbaric, is they were always traveling but never arriving. And so many men get caught up in this paradigm of I'll be happy when I get there or when I achieve this or when I have that or when I hit this milestone, when I get this certification or when I hit this financial amount in my business, or when I make this amount in my job, it's the always traveling but never arriving mentality. And that, to me, is the undeveloped masculine that is not content with who he is. So he's always searching the outside world to validate and approve him because he doesn't feel validated within himself. Um, I'll I'll express right on that point with me. Um, For me, that was me. I was never arriving. I always had to be the next thing, always the next thing, whether it was with my physical health, my, my a business, a relationship, uh, a monetary goal, a materialistic goal, whatever it was, I was never arriving. I was always on that path. And in the recent years, since I've been working on healing the feminine, I have been so in the moment, so let go of tomorrow's worries, so let go of a mission, but not still directed towards it, but fully in the now. And, and allowed when I have something, I'm trying to do something. Let's say I have a deadline I have set. I have a few of them right now. And I just had this the other day where all of a sudden everything goes wrong. And it's like, before I would just get furious, but now I'm like, yeah, that's okay. We'll push that deadline off. The universe is telling me I I need to push that off and I'm going to go put my attention over to this direction. And it's allowed me to fully be planted where I am, loving where I'm at right now, not needing anymore, but at the same time, still the momentum there direct myself to more specifically so I can help more people. What is your thought on that, that take? Because I really, I really attach that, um, connect that to healing the feminine and allowing myself to, to flow with the universe, but still stand strong in, in where I know I need to go. But when I feel that direction, so okay, no, you need to pivot and pivot. And I'm able to really release to that. I used to be so attached and fuck, that's a whole nother conversation before on attachments when, before I heal my feminine wound, uh, attaching to that loving anybody that any woman that came in my life loving me, right. I just attached everything to that, put everything, gave them everything. And the second they leave, that would just destroyed me. Thankfully I fucking removed myself from that. Holy fuck. That was a nightmare. <laughs> but that was a lot. So repeat that. What's your take on in, in relation to what you were just speaking on in, in terms of releasing, you know, not fighting so much resistance. Now I still believe I get to go through resistance. Sometimes there's resistance there for a reason to oh, shape yeah. me and mold me. But there's a point in time where there's too much resistance and it's a message saying you're going the wrong way. And I have, and I feel it, and I know it's been this last year since I've been integrating the healing on the feminine wound, my mother wound specifically, 
I've been able to just flow with the universe on that. What's your take on that in relation to the feminine? Am I, am I on point there connecting the dots there? Or is that something that's maybe just catching up for my, uh, my old masculine wounds that I've healed? (laughs) So how I would approach this is I feel that we as men and women have this as well. We have an inner compass and when that inner compass if you ever, if you could visualize a compass right now, when that compass is not freely spinning and it gets corrosion in it, it's not able to, it's clunky, right? It's, it's very clunky. So a lot of people's inner compasses are very clunky because of the toxins, because of the trauma, because of the mind control, all these different things. It, it doesn't allow that compass to flow freely. It doesn't allow that compass to go in the direction that it needs to go. So it's instead of going north when it really wants to go north, it's stuck on south, right? So it's all discombobulated. And what I feel that so much of that comes from is the imbalance within ourselves because we're not clear on who we are. We don't know what we stand for. We don't know the direction we're going in life. And relating to that to the feminine, when the feminine becomes imbalanced, and this is within all humans because we all have both masculine and feminine energies, when the feminine becomes imbalanced, that compass just starts spinning around a fucking million miles an hour. A million miles an hour. So it's constantly changing this way, this way, this way, this way. No, go this way. No, go that way. Because we're so chaotic and emotionally disorganized. Now, when the masculine is imbalanced, the compass gets locked. It does not fucking move. There is no movement in that compass at all. And to me... That is the wounded masculine, the inability to be able to become flexible when you need to be flexible. And jujitsu is a perfect art that really teaches this because you learn very quickly in jujitsu. If you've ever done jujitsu before, any of the people listening, you learn very quickly in jujitsu that if you are too rigid, you will get hurt. But if you're too soft, you will also get hurt. Okay. So When you find balance between your inner masculine, your inner feminine, your inner yin and yang, if you want to call it that, that connects more to you, just your inner energies, you have a sense of structure, but also your intuitive flow as well. And most people have either too much structure, they're too damn rigid, they can't accept any change at all because they need to constantly be in control, which is the wounded masculine, or they have too much flow. And they're flowy, right? They're way too flowy. So they don't have enough structure in their life. So the key with all of this is finding what balance works for the individual human. So for you, Sean, for example, you may work better maybe at 70% structure, 30% flow. Or maybe it's 80-20. But finding that kind of fine-tuning that is really about finding how we can feel more balanced within ourselves. And that's very difficult for a lot of people because like I said, they're either at one extreme or the other. And we as humans are very extreme. So back to your original question of how that relates to the feminine. I think that the feminine, when your inner feminine is distorted, we'll call it distorted because that's really what happens. It's almost like this wild woman that is really out of control. And she's 
crying everywhere. Her emotions are everywhere. And this happens within men too, by the way. And she just cannot seem to find any sense of groundedness. And that's very hard. And a lot of men get stuck in this role, especially men that get into the healing world. They become so obsessed with healing that they overdevelop their feminine energy and they become like this passive, nice guy who lacks boundaries because they've become too soft. And this happens a lot. And same thing for when we have wounded masculine energy, we become too cold and rigid. This is when we're shut down emotion. I can't feel anything. You think about the stoic man who does not feel he's numb. And that's not fun either. So the real, the real key here is to find balance, honestly. Yeah, that was me. That just, I was just a stone. Stone. <laughs> and it drove uh, women nuts that used to date me. They loved it at first, and then it just drove them nuts. Yeah, because there's, there's polarity there, right? It's, there's polarity between your really strong masculine energy and her strong feminine energy, probably. But when you try to relate to that, long term and you try to connect with a man who's a stone wall there's not really a lot of depth there like yeah cool it's cool at a sexual level because he's very present and grounded and very still but then he doesn't share anything right he doesn't open up he's not vulnerable like he's afraid to be vulnerable because i'm not encouraging men to be hyper emotional either okay because that's not going to be attractive to a woman either but I find that having a strong connection with your heart as a man while still holding that strong, grounded masculine frame works really well for me in my relationship. And that's very difficult to find that balance because it is uncomfortable as fuck. Because my wife, Melissa, is someone that really challenges me. And I hate to use the word challenge because she doesn't challenge me in that way. She invites me. Okay. Because when I think of challenge, I think of a woman trying to compete with a man's masculine energy. And that to me is super depolarizing. Melissa invites me to step deeper into my consciousness, to step deeper into who I am as a man. And like when I first got with Melissa to who I am now, my masculinity has developed more than anything in my life. My heart is so much more open. I am way more grounded. I'm way more clear with my mission. And I could say the same for her. Like I know that her femininity has blossomed into this beautiful radiant flower because she has learned to feel safe within her body, to soften, to open, to connect with her intuition, to connect with her sexual and sensual power. All of these things have created this space for her to blossom and for me to step in fully. And this takes a lot of work. Like a conscious relationship sounds so fun, but I'm gonna tell you right now, it is one of the hardest things you'll ever experience in this life is being in a healthy relationship. 100%. I think that lines up really beautifully with your polarized coach coming out. I yeah. know you got that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, my man. You got uh, the polarized coach. Tell me a little bit about oh, that. Let's dive into that a little bit. And I got one question, and I realize we're just going to have to do a whole other podcast with the women after this <laughs> one. So uh, I, I, I want to talk about the polarized coach, and I want to hear you touch base on ego for a little bit. Those that are really stuck mm. in their ego, I'm curious to hear your definition on ego, what it means to you. And some words of wisdom that can help those out there that are a little stuck in their ego and not, uh, you know, balancing themselves out and really bringing themselves to the table as they could be. So you want to talk about ego first? Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump on the ego yeah. and then let's, and then let's wrap up with what you got going on as I know I'm, I'm pretty excited yeah. about it and everybody's got to hear about it. Hell yeah, man. And thank you. Thank you too, for all your kind words, but it really means a lot to me. When it comes to the ego, the ego is an interesting thing. 
I, I often relate to the ego like if it's, if it's unchecked, if our ego is unchecked, and you know when your ego is unchecked too, by the way. When your ego is unchecked, it kind of becomes like a barking dog and it's just barking at everybody because it's so easily triggered. So I find that a lot of the healing work that we do, a lot of the inner self-reflection, a lot of the letting go of the pain, finding forgiveness, finding love, finding strength within ourselves involves the ego becoming slowly and slowly and slowly um, dissolved, but also integrated at the same time. So I think the ego gets demonized where it's like, oh my God, this fucking ego, like it flared up again, blah, blah, blah. The ego, the ego, the ego, <laughs> the ego was ultimately designed to protect you, right? Like it's a protective mechanism. But the problem is our egos are so overdeveloped because no one feels safe in the society. Look at the world we're living in right now. Our ego is constantly on guard where we don't feel safe. So anything that comes into our life, we feel threatened. We feel shut down. So we have to really take a look at our ego and how we're responding and reacting to things. Because, for example, if you get really easily triggered by pretty much anything and your, your breath gets very shallow, your heart closes down, you need to prove yourself, you're very defensive, these are all signs that your ego is imbalanced. Your ego is in this hyper-protective mode because you're in survival mode. And when this is the case, you become very unfriendly to be around, first of all. But second of all, you're always on defense. You're always defending yourself. So I find that with the ego, what we have to do is begin to become more observant of our ego to look at it and say, huh, that's interesting how I just freaked the fuck out on that for no absolute reason. And we kind of just find a sense of humor with the ego versus not being self-reflective at all, right? So what I like to do when I'm feeling really flared up about something, first of all, I try to, I try to disconnect from it. I try, meaning that I give myself space from the thing that I'm pissed off about. Just enough space so I can take some deep breaths, I can reflect on it, and then if I need to approach it and, and handle this, I step back in with more clarity, more confidence, more groundedness. But I notice that if I don't give it any space and I dive right into it, my ego wants to, to run with that, right? Like it's like, let's prove them wrong. Let's, fit, you know, let's fight this out. So something that's worked really well for me is to get my ego in check. I give myself a little bit of space. I don't respond to things right away. If I get, if I get a text that pisses me off or something like that, I just kind of give it a little bit of space. And then I think to myself, okay, how can I breathe and connect to my body and process this? Another great example is in a relationship with, with my wife, Melissa. If she does something that triggers me, I don't freak out on her, okay? What I do is I process that. I observe it. I go, wow, hmm, I'm feeling really fucking triggered right now. And I, I just speak it out loud. And I speak this like to her. I go, babe, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really hurt right now. I'm, fe I'm feeling really hurt right now. I'm really, really triggered right now. And I speak that with such clarity and honesty where it, it brings the ego right to the surface. It's like, you can't hide on me now, motherfucker. I got you right here, right? And I'm holding that ego at such a standard of honesty and rawness where it's like, 
I'm feeling super triggered right now. I, I feel really anxious right now. I feel really depressed right now. And once you start identifying that, you begin to observe it. And once you have the awareness of it, you can then remove it. It's like a three-step process. You identify, you observe, you release. You identify, you observe, you release. And we're constantly doing this throughout our days. So if you can bring that level of awareness into your life, into your relationships, into your business, all areas of your life begin to change. You nailed that. Identify, observe, and release the awareness, the awareness of the ego. It took me, (laughs) I don't know how many years studying the ego to discover that's really the key answer is the awareness of it. And those three steps you have, identify, observe, and release. One beautiful thing I suggest everybody in any relationship as you know, we all have our own perception on reality based on our past experiences, our emotions from those past experiences, our personality. And when others talk to us or do things, it's in their own personality. And we often take that the wrong way and we react. Our ego gets up on edge. And I, I often suggest, I love how you said, you know, put that ego right out there. And a, a conversation that I suggest and I, I focus on is, you know, expressing that and, and being open and emotionally available and saying, hey, you know, based on what you just said or based on what you just did, I'm perceiving this. I have this conversation going on inside my head. I'm making these assumptions. This is how I'm feeling. Is that a correct presumption of what you were just laying out or am I completely off just being open on that and, and not letting the ego start just diving into that analytical mind and getting, you know, neurotic in the way it it assesses and makes assumptions and builds this whole scenario off something that didn't even exist or possibly didn't exist. Um, what, you know, and for the ego, for me, it's the identity to self separate. Um, where would you say that the ego and somebody who's balanced and done the, the healing work and is really showing up in their life and stepping in the role, where does the ego serve? Mm. Well, I think the ego can be a great tool for many things, honestly. Like the ego is a great tool for progress. The ego is a great tool for discovering new truth. Like the ego is seeking a way to find new truth. The ego is great for setting boundaries. The ego is great for achievement. Like these different things that really do actually make us feel good a lot of times, especially as men, we can use our ego to harness a deeper sense of self. But the ego is one of those things where when you're working with the ego, if you don't understand it and you're not aware of it, that ego can become very inflated where you think that you are something special, right? Because you have, you've done these, read these self-help books, you've done this shamanic healing work, you've done this breath work certification where the ego gets very inflated, which is almost like the spiritual ego talking about it like that. And you really become like this holy master where you're really above people. And honestly, what I have learned is the most amazing humans that I've met in life were not because they were some spiritual guru or they were some enlightened being they were just so fucking human and just so humble that it made me so interested and curious in them and those were the people that i've just felt so safe with and connected to because their ego was so in check their ego wasn't this barking dog it was this calm grounded dog that comes over and sits by you and just just looks at you huh aren't you interesting 
And it just kind of looks at you with this playfulness. And you kind of, you just want to reach down and pet that dog. You just want to give it a little pet, right? And that's how I felt with these people that were so humble. So I try to adopt that humbleness and just always being a student, always being aware. And the other night I was at a party, a Christmas party, and I was sitting there talking to this, I wasn't actually talking to her, I was observing her first. This woman that was there at this party, she was there very quiet. And I noticed that she was kind of shy. And I could tell that she felt insecure within herself. And this was just my observation because I, I could feel like in her body, like the hesitancy to say things. And she kind of acted a little timid, which is totally okay, right? But I started asking her questions. I just started asking her about where she's from. I started asking about, you know, what type of work she does and just all these different things. And she just turned out to be such a sweet, beautiful human. And when I was leaving, I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, you know, I just want to remind you that I think you have such amazing, incredible energy. And she like had a tear in her eye and she's like, you know, you have a, you have a way about you that makes everyone feel included and involved. And like, you didn't allow me to separate myself from the room. And I, I really appreciated that. And I think that a person with a, a well-trained ego, if you will, they see things like that. They observe things like that. They see when someone feels unsafe. They see when they can step in and, and be a safe space for somebody or be a loving space or be strong guidance within themselves. This is where we get out of the way of our own ego. And we stop being so self-centered and selfish where all we want to do is talk about me, 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 me. And that's really what the ego loves is just flaring up me and my, my accomplishments and my achievements. And that resonates uh, as you speak on those individuals that just have that energy to them, that ego in check, so to say. And as you speak on, uh, you know, really including everybody and involving everybody, I hope all you men are, are taking notes. And have you, as you've been listening, I think Jake has mentioned his wife four or five times. And every time he's said his wife, he's followed up with saying, Melissa, that is a true man who honors his wife, making sure her name's included. I appreciate that, man. Huh, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> uh, really, really nice to see. Um, now, we'll leave it at that. Um, you know, I want to dive into what you got going on, though, and we'll have to do another one to speak to the women specifically, but I know the women out yeah. there right now listening are happy this message is getting out there to the men, and I hope all of you gain some value from this and you share this message. You know, tag Jake, check him out, Jake Woodward. You know, give us the details. What do you got going on, brother? Because I know you got something coming up I am very excited about. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate that. And yeah, we will have to do another one for the women because I love speaking to the feminine and a lot about that. It's, it's really fun for me. I've worked with a lot of women over the years. And what I have going on in, in, in relation to your question, I am launching a polarized coaching program for coaches, healers, and facilitators all around the world to do three months of intense work with me to scale their business through conscious marketing and to become a more polarized coach by learning somatic healing, embodiment work, setting boundaries, somatic work, all these different things that I have learned, breath work, masculine and feminine energetics, how to teach about these things, but also how to do it within yourself, which is the real key, which is you can't teach from things that you don't actually embody. But to bring this all together and, and become full circle to not only help you 
and your business, to scale your business, but also to have greater impact and to create deeper transformations for your clients the way that I have done with thousands of people around the world over the last decade. And I've been blessed to work with so many different beautiful people. And that's going to be rolling out in the next few days. I don't know when this podcast is going live, but we're only allowing 60 people into this program too. And it's, it's application only. So if you are a coach, a healer, a facilitator, you're involved in this type of work and you have some experience because we're looking for people that have had some experience with this and you have a, a business right now, apply for this program. And I really hope that you get to a chance to experience this. Right on, brother. I love it. I love what you do, my man. So you got 59 spots left because I'm getting in there. <laughs> I got I got room for one. I got room on my schedule for one more. So um, I really appreciate I really appreciate everything you do, my man. I really do. Um, I hope again, you listeners find some value in this message. Please share it. Um, where can they find you on uh, Instagram? I, I think it's underscore Jake Woodward. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's underscore Jake Woodard. W O O D A R D. And my website is jakewoodard.com. And my podcast is The Awake with Jake Show. And you know, I, I post a bunch of podcasts over there. I'll probably throw this one up on there too. <laughs> Get it out there to the listeners, man. Definitely suggest it, guys. Um, again, share this out there far and wide. And if you have any questions for either one of us, hit us up. I am very much looking forward to that polarized coaching program to bring that in as I'm, I'm bringing all my programs back and diving deep down into coaching now that I'm not doing so many big community events in the face of all the lockdowns and everything. So until next time, guys, this is Sean Zimmer and Jake Woodard on the Vikings voice. Look forward to chatting to you soon. You climb the highest mountain, will you fight for those who can't? Will you fold and walk away or will you stay? Scarred, hate the cops, break the law.